0: In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. My guest today on Dance Talks is Jim Turner, who's a well-known recording artist and teacher, music teacher here in the Hamptons and elsewhere. And uh, I'd like to uh, start by uh, noting that uh, he often plays at some of our events, and uh, he's uh, well known as a musician in a wide variety of uh, form formats. And uh, tell us about the different kinds of music you play at a lot of events and concerts that you play at.
1: Well, Dan, I fell in love with a lot of different styles, and I've been... Called an eclectic original, it's kind of a mouthful. But I play a lot of different styles, and I would say the standard one, though in general for commercial purposes, is going to is going to be classic rock, uh, and that's a broad spectrum right there. But within that, I I'm a huge fan of blues, folk, reggae, jazz standards, and I just uh, I just love it all.
0: What are some of the the Places that you've uh, performed at out east the people I'll see you at?
1: Well, I've played a lot at uh, the main venues after the Stephen Talk House, Guildhall, Bay Street. And I do regular gigs at various restaurants like Baron's Cove and what used to be Fresh, that was a good place, and m- many different restaurants.
0: How did you get interested in music as a younger man?
1: You know, I hate to sound boring about family and things but the fact is I got a four-way hit from my father, mother, sister, and brother and I lived in a home where there was just teams of music. My sister from college she was older she brought home folk music and my brother brought rock and roll to our house. My father had been a well-known jazz musician although he worked on Wall Street and didn't pursue music and my mother is a New York person who was deeply involved in culture and those four people inspired me in the home. And I've heard a lot of great stuff from Broadway to classical. Where was it? We were born in New York City. And my parents moved out to Northport, Long Island when we were infants. And so we grew up in the kind of a Sag Harbor-like town of Northport. And that's where I grew up.
0: Did you have any other ideas about what you wanted to be when you grew up other than a musician?
1: No, we were a very uh, athletic family. And I became a champion swimmer at an early age. And that was the main thing. And I really love sports, but my first love actually was poetry. I became really interested in literature. I started playing guitar at fourteen, just as a just just for fun. I really I really fell in love. It wasn't until I was twenty three where I became professional, and I started having a, a yearning to be professional before that. But uh really, I was just doing it for fun in
0: college and high school. Where'd you go to college? Where were you at?
1: Well, I went to. I went to the University of Arizona for a year, and then uh, I moved back to New York City uh, at the age of 21. I thought it was pretty precocious. I got an apartment on the Lower East Side at the age of 21, and I attended the New School. That's where I started training pretty heavily in theater, taking acting classes, voice classes, and music lessons.
0: And uh, how did you uh, wind up back out east, further east?
1: Yeah, you know, it might have been that uh, I had uh, burned a few bridges, but my son did the same thing. What, what I did was, and I'm glad I did, at the age of 21, I'd also been to high school for my last year in New York City. So by moving to New York, New York City, I believe I was around the big time. Yep. And it was very intimidating at an early age, being in that big city. Of course, I was familiar with New York. And uh, so I went through the whole thing there with acting school, music school, performing and starting and the simple answer really is, is that I just got a longing for nature. And I came out here and I was smitten by the beauty of nature after all those years in endless subways. And <laughs> I was able to transplant my profession out here. It took a while. I found that being a musician out here was a lot easier than New York City because you're out. But you come home and you hear the crickets where in New York City you're on a subway. So there's, there's a quick answer for you.
0: What was your first gig out here? Do you remember it?
1: Uh, vaguely, yeah. it was at some kind of a place in uh, Hampton Bays. But here's a, the lucky thing that I did have. I, I'd been playing for years with other people, uh, except for when I play, played solo in New York, as just my name. But in bands, I wasn't the leader. So what happened was when I got out here, I met these two very talented musicians, Jan and Johanna, and I joined their band. Uh, those were some of the first gigs because they were regular. And all of a sudden now, even though I wasn't in the city, I'm in the country here and we're doing gigs every week. And I took this really seriously. and I practiced constantly. And uh, also the limelight was on them. So I was, I was always very sensitive and shy. So, so I really studied and became a supporter. And they gave me a bunch of songs to do. So that's the first answer
0: you do some composing as well um I know uh there are some songs you've you have uh, written yourself that you perform many many which ones do you like which ones <laughs> do people, what do people like there's one you do that's sort of a poem and ongoing like a Dylan oh yeah
1: that's kind of like this thing where it's uh it, it's it's really uh <laughs> if I could preface it really quickly by saying it I was very involved with abstract downtown music all the time. I was doing folk music. I remember when I was down at the Gaslight Cafe in McDougal Street, and I would do a Woody Guthrie song followed by a Hendrix song, and they'd say, he, you're not allowed to do that, but that's who I was. Then I, I got turned on to Phil glass, and, and I was inside the psychedelic world. So for me to do stuff like spoken stuff with surrealistic, uh, we are the ocean people our home is by the sea and that was a song i made up in a a kind of a garage band i was in we were jamming one night getting crazy with five different people and i made that up 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 the top of my head and the song that i published on it it's word for for word how it came out that night spontaneously yeah
0: yeah i was thinking of when you've done where you you riff on it it was called yahweh
1: yeah that's this this is so i got one foot in Reggae, and I've been to Jamaica. So here's this thing where it goes. It's tribal chanting, you know. What? Like, jara. Once you repeat after me, do it. Watch this. I'll go. Then you go. Jara. Jara. And here I go. Jara. Jara course That's made up as, as well as it sounds, it's made up on two simple things. One is ja, this is the Jamaican word for God, which goes back to Yahweh, J A H, Jah, ja. and the other one is ra, which <laughs> alternately could mean a cheer or the Egyptian ra. So that was just meant as a chorus type thing. And a lot of that music, like Tuts and the Natals, it's very chant like music,
0: yeah. So, where did you settle when you came out here? Where do you live?
1: Well. I got really lucky. You know, I I met a woman in New York who became my girlfriend, which is how I got out here. And I rented her, her apartment for one summer, and then I was really smitten. I wanted to get out of the city. And so I came out here and I went to this real estate office in Sagaponic. They showed me a house in North Sagaponic and I took it right away. And all of it, I'll tell you it was enchanting. All of a sudden, I'm in this little cottage in North Sagaponic nestled in the woods and i was in heaven i'd go out the back door and traipse through the woods for hours because what i was really doing was laundering all the visions of new york city and the endless taxis and subways and things because i was really a new york city i am a real new yorker i know the city deeply but i always felt that i was laundering all those endless subway rides in school and college so anyway the answer was i moved to sagaponic and it was heavenly
0: yeah are you there now is that where you are now
1: well you could relate to this i went through what some people out here call the hampton shuffle and i've moved to a lot of different rentals i was also if you don't mind me saying i was also aware of laundering all my uh, property so every time i had to move i had to throw stuff away and, you know, I was pursuing the life of a musician, so I wasn't into big bucks, really. So I was renting and getting places through the, uh, through the woodwork. But what happened was uh, a very good friend of mine, a best friend, David Cohen, computer whiz, he got a job out in uh, Ohio. And uh, I rented the house he was renting right here in Bay Point in Sac Harbor on the water. I just did it for survival, but I stayed here long enough and they said, well, we want to s- sell it. And so I bought this house on the water that I now live in. I've been here for over 25 years, and the answer is I was able to invest here. It wasn't an investment; it became, it became an investment. It became the most, the biggest investment I ever made, because you know what? Property on the water here multiplies.
0: Yeah. are so? Are you uh, facing out on the same bay where the W.L.N.G. and John Steinbeck were?
1: Yeah, you know, if you look out my window right here where the sun's pouring in, if you look way over to the left, yeah. that's that's where uh, LNG is. It's the Sag Cove. And, you know, the, the water that comes in through Sag Harbor under the bridge yep. circulates around and c- comes to here and it goes all the way over to Redwood. It's a very circuitous cove. So I'm on Sag Harbor Cove.
0: Yep. What's the most uh, interesting venue you've played, in your opinion?
1: Well, you know, I was lucky to do some concerts and that, you know, my, my name took off out here. I, was, I mean, I, I guess I'd worked a lot for it.
0: Yeah. So I, was, I
1: did a sold, I've done some sold out concerts at Guild Hall under my own name. And uh, I've done these music festivals. I've played at CBGBs in New York. I've played hundreds and hundreds of private parties out here. And I was also able to hire some of the best musicians in the country because I can give them good money. The best one, (laughs) I'll tell you what, if I really answered that with rock and roll romanticism, (laughs) I I, I went through this whole thing of of getting my rock band together, which was the dream. We were rocking, you know, and I'd play these gigs at bars. We'd be coming home at dawn. I did the whole rock and roll lifestyle, but there was this place called the Handsome House in Southampton. Yeah, I remember that. We played there from 10 to 2, and man, we got, we took craziness to a new level. (laughs) <laughs> you know and by the way I've, if you don't mind me mentioning something about wildness I, I came up with a really strong uh, philosophy almost like a vision from Moses that you know, I, I teach uh, children and I also do I've done hundreds of kids concerts that are interactive but my, my thing is similar to the Rolling Stones and we get very very wild very crazy but it has a specific limit it doesn't involve anger abuse and I don't use uh swear words but i make up for in every other way <laughs> in fact it was i was in this punk band for a while a garage punk psychedelic punk band in southampton yeah this is where my son was born and i wanted to keep my foot you know it's hard to stay a musician you got to stay in practice and there was a period where i wasn't doing a lot of gigs and i we had men's group every thursday night with these crazy guys and they had been in a punk band i learned a lot from them because they took outrageousness to an extreme degree <laughs> So uh, one night I I made up a song about them at the handsome house and it ended up with me acting them out where you're lying on the floor, shrieking words into a microphone, which I won't repeat here. So so, so it was the idea of learning how, I mean, I'd already been on Broadway. I didn't mention this, but but I I was pretty shy and vulnerable. So it took a while for me to become highly extroverted, which I am now.
0: (laughs) Do you have any albums out that uh, people could yeah, music that's on Amazon. Uh,
1: yeah, I got an album called Ocean People.
0: Oh, I remember, I remember seeing an it.
1: album of, of original songs. I have an album that is called Hampton Bound. And the purpose of that was, I wanted to start recording and release albums. But just for the fun of it, I decided to do sort of a throwaway songs so that weren't really serious. And I had written a lot of songs about this area South living in Southampton Town and Sag Harbor Blues. And and so I made an album of those, and that album was available under the title of Hampton Bound. Also, I have a single out there, which I'm proud of. It's called The Time Blues Went Away. What? The, the Time Blues Went Away. Oh. And when you read in between the lines, when you find out what, what it was that made blues away, it's something that I won't mention in graphic terms, but you know how blues is. It's kind of got a certain... Uh, cool romantic side to it and uh, I didn't mention to you this you know I wanted to mention to you that in New York City I was really lucky to have a lot of sex by the way I got into an equity showcase and then I got into a, a theater group called Mushroom who lived communally up near Woodstock uh, I got uh, booked into a the public theater with Joseph Papp for a, a repertory musical called Blood working with, and I joined Equities Union. And from there, I had met Jerome Ragney from Hare. And then I got into a Broadway show called Dude. And then uh, did a lot of other uh, theater things around North. But one of the biggest thing was having a lead role in a Broadway musical.
0: Which was that?
1: That was called Dude. The people who had written Hair, uh, Galt McDermott, who did the music, yeah. Jerome Ragney and James Aredo uh, had done the uh, lyrics and melody. This was done just by Galt McDermott and uh, uh, Jerome Ragney. And also, they brought in Tom O'Horgan to direct it. Tom O'Horgan was the original director of Hair. You know, one thing I would say about this, not to toot my own horn, but by being around these very top level, cream of the crop New York performers, Salome Bay, Nell Carter, uh, gee, it, it forces you to get your act together when you're with them.
0: Do you have any uh, plans for uh, upcoming that you want to?
1: Yeah, yeah I'm deeply involved. Was, I've come back to square one. What happened to me, like a lot of kids in the teens, you know, I, I really fell in love with guitar. And it was during kind of like during the 60s, and there was a lot of folk. Even though I really started on rock, Chuck Berry and Buddy Holly, uh, I got into the folk world big time. And uh, I fell in love with the music of Woody Guthrie. And like a lot of teenagers do, I actually became him. I, I, I learned many of his songs. And what I've decided, what I'm just about to do now, I'm actually going to be doing an album of Woody Guthrie's song.
0: Great. When do you expect that to be completed by?
1: Yeah, I'm working on I'm just going to start that in the next couple of weeks. And I think it should be completed pretty soon. There's something kind of scary about it that, you know, I don't know what this was. I was going to music for some form of a salvation. And, you know, I learned lots and lots of these songs. They have lots of words. And uh, I don't really do them a lot because I'm in the Hamptons where they want to hear, you know, commercial stuff. But I know every word, to every one of these. <laughs> it's like it's just carved in my soul. And some of them have a lot of words.
0: I had uh, I interviewed uh, Alan Lomax. Uh, your, wow. Well, your, I and want
1: to mention that to you.
0: He told, he told me that. They had gotten Woody from Appalachia up to New York to do some recording because back then that's where you did it. And he uh, was he, they woke him up in the morning to take him down to the studio and he was completely drunk. Oh. <laughs> and they got him in there and he did it. It was a, a wonderful the, the songs that you listen are him at his, I guess, best or most relaxed because that's how he did them.
1: Well, I want to tell you something, Dan, quickly here. Uh, I, I became just inebriated by his music and all of us did. I was living on the Lower East Side and even in my high school years. And the Library of Congress record recorded in 1941 with Alan Lomax and Woody Guthrie, we listened to endlessly and my brother and I would act it out where he'd say, well, Woody, what happened when you got down? And I'd, I'd say, no. hey, Alan, well, we got to California. But here's what I want to bring it home to Dan Retina. So I just want to quickly say that I was immersed in Woody Guthrie, and I was very much immersed in the album with Alan Lomax. Uh, however, at Dan Rutina's house one day out in Three uh, Mile Harbor, he had interesting guests there, and lo and behold, who was one of his guests? Alan Lomax, okay. who I got to meet in person at Dan Rutina's house, and man, it was like it was like holy.
0: Yeah, we were doing jam sessions there. We did them for a year, year or more, years.
1: I mean, it was for me to meet a guy like that was like yeah. a god. <laughs> and I even told him how my brother and I would act him out.
0: Yeah, well, he, he was quite a guy. He was. Tell us uh, where people can hear your stuff online and uh, download it, or uh, what's your, your website and stuff? Where we find you.
1: Well, Alan, <laughs> I'm going to do like what he gets. A- because, you know, Woody would often say, well, I was really attracted to his smooth, relax. He's so nice. Well, Alan, well, they can check my website at jimturnermusic.com. And from there, there are tons of listings all over Google. Yep. I'm notorious. And I do have albums for sale on CD Baby. And anyway, you can just put those albums in. It's Jim Turner, Ocean People, or Jim Turner, Hampton Bound, or Jim Turner, The Time the Blues Went Away. <clears throat>
0: Give us a song and this um, podcast.
1: We'll go a little harp for you here, because I'm just for a minute. I'm in the middle of having some dental work done. I'm having a crown put on today, so. Yeah, here's a little tune I wrote about Sagaponack. I never recorded. It goes like, Well, church bells were ringing in that sweet room is. Ringing. Sang her sweet song for me. You could go outside at night, and see the starlight in my sagophonic home by the sea. The other side of me would be kind of going back into some stuff like this for a second, so I could jam this up. By the way, I'm doing a thing with Bridget Leroy and Bill Cuddy up there. Shake my knees week. I can't speak. Eat for a week. I've got the chills. I'm to got a few pounds. Things what I want to do to make you sing. I think I'm. Man, I think I'm in love.
0: Yeah. Thank you for being on the podcast. Hey Dan,
1: you're the best man. You're, Dan's one of my favorite musicians, singer, <laughs> guitar player, harpsichordist, and one of my favorite writers. I believe me, before I even met you, I was smitten by reading those dance papers articles
0: oh well, thanks very much and they're much.
1: very very nicely done but he's a harvard graduate and he writes these this prose that's just like a song one of my dance my favorite songs was early in the spring when i decide to go for to work up in the woods in north of terry let's do the course But the black flies the little black flies always the black flies no matter where you go die with the black flies picking my ball. In North Ontario, Ontario, in North Ontario. For those of you who don't know, Dan's an allegorist, and that is a song about black flies in Canada, which is actually an allegory for tourists on the East End. <laughs> well, Alan has been so good speaking to you here. By the way, the reason I started talking with a southern accent—I was an uptight intellectual white guy from the Northeast. And to sing and talk in that kind of mild-mannered way helped to slow me down with all the neuroses that my white family had amassed in the city for so many years oh Dan Latina oh Dan Latina I love your straw hat so well well he played his guitar and he played his harpsichord. You ought to see him do the bass special cannonball that's what i got to say. By the way, some of the best parties ever were dance parties, uh, Sakaponik beach parties. Those are the best things I've ever done in my life. Kite fly. The kite fly parties. We'll probably do it again. Dan always does a guest appearance in his beautiful costume. What would you call a combination of Mark Twain and uh, Mr. What, Livingston? Whatever. <laughs> it's, it's classy. It's classy.
0: Well, I'm going to send you. Uh, I'm going to send you songs I like.
1: Well, I wrote a few down that you did the other day uh, that I'm quite interested in. Yeah, and also, you know, I'm such a songsmith. You mentioned this thing about this guy in Akabog, and I'm going to track that down. I have an inkling of who that is.
0: Okay, uh, I don't know if it was Akabog. I just know it was one of the little villages up there. Yeah,
1: that, that's close enough. I know about someone who I think that might be and i've already imagined this as i'm driving around in the back of my mind you know just thinking and i think i could check in with people in the north fork and come up with that
0: oh i'd love to know it because i i have you know when you save a song and you have two thousand of them and you can't remember either the name of the song or the guy but you loved it loved it
1: oh you know i mean this is what i do every day all week all year the thing is that what the cool thing about this i mentioned that you probably know this is that google is so far expanding now. i mean for 30 years i've been checking songs but my god you can find the most obscure song that's ever written out there by putting in a a few words of it
0: yeah i i'll send you some of them that i found you might enjoy
1: yeah please do please do
0: okay thanks talk to you soon thank you master you too